The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one today, Shelley Carroll is here. Toronto City Councillor and Budget Chief Robert Turner from News Talk 1010. Amanda Galbraith, Principal at Navigator and of course host of Free for All Fridays. Good morning to y'all. And um, as we often do, I'm going to start with Shelley Carroll because you are the City Councillor. And today is the the deadline for declaring your home or any property you own that they are occupied. And as of yesterday, it was only 53% of people had actually filled out that online form. Yes, it seems that, you know, people are sort of half listening to the reminders to to uh, get your declaration in and thinking, oh, I did that last year. But the, the, the system that is set up is that uh, you have to do it every year. And so uh, you really need to get on the computer today. And I'll I'll speak on behalf of all my colleagues. If you if you can't figure it out or your computer challenged, call your city councilor or call three one one and and they'll walk you through it and get her done. Shelley, can you and I spend a few minutes just after the show here? Because uh, <laughs> I still have to do it. Well, yes. that, that, that's the thing though. Is like I mean, you know, I covered the news and I had not been paying attention, and then somebody just whispered to me that I had a few days left to register the property, and I thought, wow, if I was not aware of this deadline, how many people? out there are not aware of this deadline. Well, so the city's going to have to back off, right? I mean, if it's only half of the people have done it, you're not going to hammer the other half who just forgot with a big tax, right? Well, uh, executive committee meets today with the mayor as its chair, and, and uh, uh, the, that percentage may come up in the conversation. But but the, the best thing pe- people can do right now is is get on the city's website and make your declaration. It's... it's uh, uh, it's only you know I, I get it. It's it's only Annoying. fair that people it's only fair that people did this big thing last year and so they just half listened to the notifications. But I'm begging you listen to me now because uh, uh, it's very hard to back out of this when you haven't made the declaration. It's very tricky later on. So do yourself a favor and do it today. Well, Amanda Galbraith, if memory serves, you still have a property in Toronto, don't you? Uh, why well, we rent now? I would we sold it, and so I had oh. I actually the reason I even declared was because um, uh, like I couldn't sell it without doing it. So, <laughs> it's like I didn't do mine last year. Um, uh, yeah, I think that candidly, this is idiotic. It's just stupid. Like the idea that like all Torontonians are going to go on the city's website and fill this thing out, like including senior citizens. And I just think this is like this is dumb. This is going to take. Like, and then the city's going to spend all these resources chasing people down for their declarations for what, like, a tax is going to raise, like, 10, uh, 10, 15 million. I just, I don't know. I just think this is a colossal waste of time. It's another way to gouge people. And uh, we should... Anyway, I think they should. And I don't it. think the city's going to have a choice but to back down. Otherwise, you're going to have Pat Foreign with like twenty thousand Torontonians making sad faces, didn't understand it, and w- old the people, city, yeah. seniors. The yeah. city <laughs> has agreed not to overcharge them. I, well, yeah, I, but even if even if we extend it, we're all, what are we going to extend it? A couple of weeks? Get on the computer today, and if you can't this, figure out a computer, call the counselor. Oh, that's why I said the system that is set up. I didn't say that I set up or we set up. No, no, I'm not, I'm not crazy counselor, about it myself. Am- 
Okay. Yeah, but I am saying like the self-reporting system that forces everyone on a city website is like like beyond idiotic, and well, everybody should have known this was going to happen. And all of these civic gyrations. It was only yesterday I discovered that our dog is unregistered, so there's going to be more. Work, I suppose. <laughs> but don't say that out loud. Now they're going to come to your house. And Brad Bradford's going to come over. <laughs> okay. So speaking of the city and finances and taxes, uh, city staff are are they recommending Shelley this parking space tax? Well, counselor, uh, counselors asked them to report back on on uh, implementing it because counselors would like to uh, to bill it. This counselor, the one you're talking to right now, I have some real reservations about the the parking levy, uh, and it, it'll be done on a per square meter basis. And it, you know, the part of your property, your commercial property that is not being used for a building, has to be somehow calculated out. We have to put in exemptions for handicapped parking spaces and maybe even EV charge-ins spaces and then figure out how much to tax you for parking. But my my challenge with this is it's just a layering another form of property tax on commercial properties that we already uh, you know charge double right. uh, the property tax rate. What we're not getting to is the very thing that city management and economists keep telling us we need in Canada for municipalities, which is Sales a tax that really has access to the economy. This won't. This is just a flat property levy of a different kind. And so we're going to hit businesses, but we're, we're not going to be a lot better off. I think I figured out how I can save the city some money. Stop studying the parking levy. This is the third time they've done it. <laughs> it doesn't work. This is a bad idea. It's a really, really bad Bad idea, and they are—they're lying to us about why they want to do it because they say, "Well, it'll help reduce congestion." No, it won't. It won't help reduce congestion at all. How? Because the parking person isn't paying; the business is. So all that's going to happen is the TTC riders who go to the grocery store are going to pay more for groceries, like the rest of us, for the company that's going to roll that into their prices. It's dumb. 100%. It's really dumb. It's transparently dumb. <laughs> don't do it. No, but like, don't do it. This is the third time they've studied it. Stop studying the parking levy. Uh, we, do we have an office of studying the parking levy? Because it seems like we do. <laughs> we keep studying this because it's the thing we have permission to do when what we really need to do is to be sitting down with with Doug Ford and with the Prime Minister, whomever they are at whatever point, and really having the conversation about what, what Canadian municipalities do need. And Doug right, understands this. We have a commitment well. to have this conversation. Doug Ford does understand understand this. And we have a commitment to discuss it. He just wants to make the decision in the context of the economy. This, in fact, if it hurts businesses, hurts the economy. Yeah, and you can dress it up as an attack on the car, which the left loves, which is why it's the only thing you're allowed to discuss. It's stupid. I don't like. I don't know how anybody can look at this and go, this is a great idea. The best part is staff says it'll take them 18 months to go around counting all the parking spots. <laughs> Amanda yep. Galbraith. Maybe they they can count the vacant homes while they're at it and just kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> and they can take John's unlicensed dog along with them. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, we actually, so we studied this, fun fact, when I was in the mayor's office, because, like, as Councillor Keller points out, yes, it's part of the list of stuff that you can do um, that uh, when you're there. And it basically came back like, this is not a good not a good tax for as all the things Robert and Shelley both listed on top of it what ends up happening is like every mom and pop with like one parking 
parking spot, two parking spot is going to want an exemption. All those councils are going to fight for those exemptions. So all yep. you end up doing is having like big taxes on like Cadillac Fairview, um, like mall parking lots, which just gets passed on to consumers. So it is, it is honestly, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know why it's, it's, it's idiotic. I, I think we all concur. This is a bad idea. Okay. A lot of speculation that maybe Justin Trudeau will mirror his father and poetically resign today. Uh, Amanda, do you, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think the Tim Hudak made the right point at 620 on the morning brief. And that is Justin Trudeau does not want to mimic his father. As a matter of fact, it rankles him when people compare them. Yeah, I think he'll pry this job out of his cold, dead hands, basically. I think this is the this is the best job he'll ever have in his life, which you ask any prime minister, they'd say the well, same. Teaching's a He's fine young. occupation. <laughs> Trauma te- I'm not going to go there. Um, but uh, he, I think, you know, regardless of where the public weather vane is at, um, he feels that he needs to keep doing this. I think, yeah, I think the idea that he wants to mimic his father is some very funny little Canadian thing we like to talk about, walks in the snow or whatever. So, no, I think the prime minister is going to do this. I think he's going to run till the next election campaign. And I think we're going to see a showdown between him and Pierre Polyev. And I think at the end of that election campaign, both Prime Minister Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh are going to be gone. And 100 liberal MPs, Robert. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but I don't see him going anywhere. Well, I, I, I like nothing about his behavior suggests he's about to check out. Although maybe a sober conversation, uh, Shelley Carroll, where he realizes the house is on fire. Better, you know, grab the sofa and get out. Yeah, and and I'm going to be probably too politically crass here and too frank because I I just I just uh, uh, got out of the car from listening to a Curse of Politics podcast. But political calculus is different now. Uh, it, of course. It's it's always about money, and people don't like to hear this, but politics ends up being a lot about that. Does changing leaders make it easier to raise money for the election? They better be thinking about that. Does it does it allow more of, of the, uh, the members to hang on to their seats? And one thing that doesn't have to be in that calculus is the enormous expense of a leadership convention, because you don't have to do it that way anymore. And so I hope that there's a, a caucus-wide conversation going on, and if he is going to stay... Uh, um, the recent polling shows that how they're trying to push the reset button right now isn't working. And so they better have that serious conversation, too. How are they going to change the record between now and, and the end of 2024? Significant number of Canadians are apparently using GoFundMe campaigns to help cover the cost of living. Robert, I'm not sure how effective it is. The guy who was cited in the article that we consulted this morning was looking for $5,000, and we checked his site. It's been up for three months. He's got 100 yeah, I don't know how effective it is, but I, I in my lifetime, I've never seen so many people just in person standing outside of grocery stores with signs saying, help me buy food. Um, things are not good, which is, you know, reason number 473. I think when governments look at adding more, more money they're taking away from people, now's not the time. Amanda Galbraith, I still have this theory that I developed quite recently that the economy is not as awful as it seems. It's just that everybody woke up to how rigged everything has been for decades against the average person. Me, I mean, maybe. I think certainly like this post-COVID world has everybody questioning like my nine to five, why aren't I being paid on leap day? Like all this stuff like nobody's ever cared about. I also think as this younger, you know, as I became an older millennial, um, this younger, like 
they're kicking tires and saying, I don't know if this is how I want to live my life. Um, but yeah, I think it's tremendously sad to see people turn to GoFundMe to try and live their basic life. And another story I know you sent us is just an estimate that like the cost of after tax cost of living just to have basic life in the city, like a positive one, is like I think sixty four thousand a year after tax. After taxes. Which is wild to me. I was I mean, it makes sense, right? Because I talk to young people in my office, they can't afford rent and they're like consultants like it's just it's crazy they all live with their parents so something's got to give and and it's time to to really look at wage gaps because government can't solve all these problems that except that they do have to to continue to drive the economy but if you drive the economy and you're successful at that but you still have this uh, this uh, low wage at the bottom there's a problem um you know people are starting to wake up to the fact that uh it's not just about taxation uh, alone um there is something wrong with the society where i hate to use his name but it's it's almost like a brand that Galen Weston Jr. goes home with $8 million and his employees are going to a food bank even though they have full-time employment. There's a problem in the gap between those two sets of compensations and society really needs to, to push hard on that. And Shelly Carroll, you're ready to ask for your fork and knife tomorrow? Yes, I, I know that every young person who ekes out a living by having a fast food job is going to say, do you need a fork? And I'm, I'm happy to answer that question. All right. We'll see how it, uh, how it flushes I'm sure out. it'll go really well having, you know, the lowest paid, <laughs> least trained, the people who can't figure out that I, I just wanted a quarter pounder in the bag. How did this happen? And I'm back at the counter are going to be responsible for this new environmental bylaw enforcement. Although they hustle at McDonald's. I'll tell you, those kids behind the counter. And they're not always kids anymore either. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.